What is good, CWC and, and all other wrestling fans who are tuned in today for the Slapping Me to Wrestling podcast? Thank y'all for joining. Um, as always, I'm We Too Deep 413. You can find me there on TikTok, X. Um, and yeah, we can uh, discuss some uh, some wrestling there um, if, if that's what you y'all want do i don't make a lot of content on social media anymore uh partially because of what we're going to be talking about in our main thing segment uh, and uh, yeah there's that uh just some sort of announcements uh housekeeping to always sort of keep up you know at the beginning of this keep you guys in the in the loop excuse me uh starting next week uh, we will start the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast uh, Best Men's Wrestlers. Um, and this is a 64-person uh, bracket. We'll do four matchups uh, a show to vote on. You guys will have about a week to, to, uh, to vote. In the Discord, that's a sort of Discord exclusive, so go and join the Discord. We'd love to have you there. Uh, and then the other thing is we're getting we're getting close to the end of the year. Um, and so it's time for me to sort of start thinking about uh, the Slapping Me Wrestling Podcast Awards. Who do I give best match to? Stuff like that, right? And so I'm going to start putting together the different categories and um, the month of December, that will be really – so just look forward to that as we're closing out September. We got about two months left of actual wrestling this year, at least on the WWE side. Pay-per-views, premiere live events end. I don't think there's anything in December um, for most companies. Um, and so – categories uh what i'm looking for maybe even potential uh candidates uh will be released in around the december and then the last episode of the year to close out what we would call season two um the last episode will be the week of christmas of course i think it's like the 27th is the wednesday it's the last episode. We will um, give out the awards. My best, you know, obviously match of the year is going to be on there. Stuff like that, right? So just look forward to that. Um, if you have suggestions on topics or, you know, look, look right? Uh, just let me know. And uh, see, so yeah, that's all basically the housekeeping uh, goes down into. So I will really talk about. Um, 
So this show is going to be a little bit different. We're going to we're going to cut out guess that champion and guess that storyline for one week only. Uh, haven't I honestly haven't been uh, keeping up with with uh, creating storylines and ha having all of that. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait for a week. We'll, we'll sort of let that die down. Uh, it's fun, but we have a lot of other stuff to talk about. And I, I don't know about you, but I think what was it last week? It was like 95 minutes and I'm not the biggest fan of having you guys sit in here and talk for 95 minutes. I'm sure you guys enjoy it if you listen to the whole thing. Um, but I, I want to try to keep these as, as short as possible. So, so we have a lot to talk about already. Uh, and then we'll, so we'll skip that for this week and we'll get back to that next week. We have a lot to talk about because, you know, I said last week and last week's episode, everything seems to break on Thursday, right? I do my podcast, record it on Tuesday night, release it Wednesday morning, uh, and we go through the whole day, Wednesday, no news. We go through the whole day, Tuesday, right before I record, and really no news. And then Thursday comes, and all the news breaks. And so roster cuts happened. Uh, a whole bunch of shit happened uh, after my last episode. And so we got, we, we got some stuff to talk about. And then... Uh, of course, always going to use the community uh, suggestions. We got three topics by DJ Wavy D that we'll talk about. Uh, he always he always gives good good topics to talk about. All right, so let's talk about these roster cuts first. So I'm not going to break down every single roster member that got cut. I, I think what I really want to talk about is. There's two superstars I want to talk about. But I really want to talk about what are the reasons for these roster cuts? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. It's business. It comes down to business. And until the IWC recognizes that this is a business play and it's not a, you know, WWE's heartless. They they don't care about, no, no, no. no. They're trying to make money. Endeavor just took over. The They look at some people like Adolph Ziggler who makes like $750,000 a year to do nothing. And they decide, you know what? There's no return on investment here. We're going to like, we're going to let him go. Right. Um, and so it's a business play and mergers lead to people getting fired all the time. Uh, the, the problem I think I have with the IWC is, is these people act like, WWE's doing them like a disservice that they're never going to wrestle again. People tend to forget that these non-compete clauses WWE gives them the 30 day of your NXT star a 90 day of your main roster star. You get paid during those times. You get paid during them. So I just, I, it's not like these guys can't wrestle for three months and they're not getting paid because that's not at all how this is working. They're, getting, they're still getting paid during the 90 days. And I just, I, and then like this idea of, oh, WWE so heartless. They just signed this brand new TV deal. And now they're going to, guys, first off, that TV deal 
the billion dollars that they got out of it is the life of the deal, which I would assume is probably a five-year deal. So that's a billion dollars over the five years. And that doesn't start till next year. I highly doubt they got paid the day they caught everybody. I just, the, the, I, I don't understand how the IWC thinks sometimes. I just don't. Um, if there's no return on investment, you don't continue to invest in it. You get rid of it, right? It's, that's how it works. That's how business works. But the two guys I want to talk about, the first one's top dollar. I feel bad for him because the dude had a lot of charisma. And this is this is an, an ultimate theme I want to talk about here in a minute. The dude had a lot of charisma. He's the best rapper in the game in terms of someone who can actually spit um, in wrestling. I just – I feel this was just bad booking to where they didn't understand sort of hip-hop culture. And I feel like if w, WWE has always sort of misrepresented hip-hop in that culture that, that comes around it. It's always been super stereotypical and, and borderline discriminatory. I don't think AEW does it any better. Hit Row was brought back to sort of try to pull off of what the acclaimed was doing, but they sort of died off real quick, right? Um, but after Dava uh, botched the jump over the rope, I knew his days were done. <laughs> I just did. Um, but I feel bad for him because, like, he would post these rap videos that he would self-produce on, like, on TikTok, pay for it himself, and like it was very, it was very high quality content, and it irritates me that WWE wouldn't put something like that on their programming to get them over. They would, I think that with a little bit of just good book, uh, Top Dollar wasn't bad. Like everyone sits here and acts like Top Dollar can't move in the right. The dude can move. He like he he has charisma. The problem is, is when you put him in in the ring versus someone like Ricochet or something. I don't really know who he really fought. I know he had those matches with LA Knight, but those are actually really good matches. But when you put him in the ring against someone who moves around and flies around the ring, yeah, he's going to look bad because he's a big boy. He's a big dude. Like, the, the booking of Hit Road just really irritated me. They, they, they didn't give him a chance. Why bring him back, right? So I do feel bad for Dala. He deserved a lot better in this run. Um, I think he had a lot of potential. And, and I think it all just comes down to the sort of lack of understanding within WWE of hip-hop culture and how you could have used them a lot better. Um, I think the fans as a whole, I think there are parts of the fan base that understand hip-hop culture. But I think the fans as a whole don't understand it. I can prove this because there's a new team in NXT, uh, Bronco Nima and Lucian... I forgot the other dude's last name. Um, they're going to be called OTM or Out the Mud. They just got trademarked. I, as soon as I read the trademark, I knew exactly who that, that trademark, that tag team was going to. More than I'm going to guarantee you that's what it is. Um, and someone commented, it was like, Out the Mud, what is this? And, and someone responded back and was like, oh, you don't have to worry about it. It's black people slang. And I looked at it, I was like, since when? 
Like I know people who've used out the mud that were white. Like I use out the mud every now and then. It's 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 not black culture. It's 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 not like a black slang word only. White people use it. I've been around people who came out the mud. Like it it's it, and so I don't think the fan base gets hip hop culture either, right? And the same way that I don't think the wrestling fan base understands like country music. Right, because most of the fan base, like, listen, most of the fan base are the demo are a certain demographic where most of them listen to like the punk rock, heavy metal stuff. Now, now there, there are fans like like hip hop fucks with WWE. That's why you have Uzi doing Nakamura. That's why you have Ric Flair drip being a song. That's why you have. Uh, a lot of references to to wrestling in in rap music. I don't know any other genre that references wrestling that much. And I just feel like if, if if WWE could could do a gimmick that wasn't discriminatory, wasn't like wasn't stere- super super stereotypical, where borderline being racist and understood the hip hop culture that superstar or that team would 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 fucking go to the moon people would buy into that i thoroughly agree with i i thoroughly believe that i thoroughly believe that like there is a section of the fan base that is dying for some some sort of representation in the hip hop genre not just these corny raps like Matt, max caster does max caster is in hip hop he just comes out and he raps and he says some funny shit and people people pop to it. But but that's not hip hop culture. Right. And I I just I don't think that WWE or wrestling in general has respected that culture. Not saying that that was what Gala's gimmick was, but it could have been. Why didn't we have these rap vignettes where he put on like actual diss tracks? on all of his opponents that he self-produced. Why were these not being produced by WWE put on SmackDown? Makes no sense to me, right? And the second guy I want to talk about is Rick Boogs. I don't care that he got released, but he claims that Vince McMahon being removed from power ruined his career. And I kind of have to agree with him. I kind of have to agree with him. This is a man who I thoroughly believe Vince McMahon would have pushed to the moon because he had that charisma. So this leads me to the question. Uh, ultimately, the, uh, Triple H is a very bad judge of who, who who is a good talent, in my opinion. He likes his indie darlings. He likes the people with as little charisma as possible who can't, but they can cut moves, right? They, they can do moves. They can run the ropes, right? Triple H loves that shit. He eats that shit up. But Rick Boogs was fun, entertaining. He had charisma. As did Top Dollar. Y'all may not like Top Dollar, but y'all gotta, y'all gotta get up. There's still no one hotter than Top Dollar. <laughs> um, I just I I thoroughly have to come with this that we're 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 more than a year into Triple H having some sort of major control over creative. And, and I have to say, Triple H's booking has not been good. His short-term booking is good. If he has like three weeks between pay-per-views, he's good. 
because it's real quick, but his long-term booking, like when you have to go like five to nine weeks between shows, between premier live events, you're going to have some pretty bad wrestling. Like that, that build, like I'm already dreading after Survivor Series going through Royal Rumble, which is going to be about nine weeks of hell. And it's going to be bad because he doesn't know how to long-term story. Right, because and I've been saying this since he took over. If you've watched Black and Gold NXT when Triple H was in control, his weekly show for NXT was was pretty unwatchable to me. But the takeover events, fantastic. But the three months, four months in between them were just dead. Nothing happened. But he could put on very good produced product when it comes to the premier live event and i th- and i see that again especially through something like raw raw is entirely impossible for me to watch now um but yeah i have to say vince mcmahon's booking overall is more of my style the charismatic guy who can cut promos i don't care about the entering work right uh, so the question is is vince better than triple h or is triple h better than vince i want to know what you guys got to say um, so news broke today, Tuesday, as I'm recording this, uh, that Jade Cargill officially, as as announced by ESPN and WWE, has signed with the WWE. So this brings to question, who's going to be the next to leave AEW? You got Cody Rhodes first. People tend to forget about Brian Pillman because he hasn't showed up, but I'm pretty sure that has happened. And then you have Jade. Pillman's not a big loss, but you have Cody, you have Jade. Who's the next big guy to leave? Who's the next one to leave? I, I think it's got to be Wardlow. I think Wardlow's the next one. I think he can easily replace what Mad Cat Moss was. Go in there, mid-card, big guy who can move in the ring. He's a, I think he's better than Moss. So, yeah, Wardlow, I think you you you, you bring him in. It could be Ricky Starks, right? And then the, the most obvious would obviously MJF. But I'm telling y'all, it, it, Endeavor's going to spend money, right? Endeavor's going to spend money. Jade is, right? I'm just thinking of these matches, right? I'm thinking of these matches that Jade Cargill can be in where you'll have Jade and Bianca, that's the ultimate dream match is Jade and Bianca. Just two powerful, strong, independent, and I hate to bring this up, but like th- th- this is representation. This is what uh, two strong, independent black women, right? This is something, this is, this is to what, and I, again, I don't like to make this because I don't think it should be racial, but representation matters. So it, Rhea and Charlotte, last year, right? I believe we have that potential in, to, to have that level of representation with Jade and Bianca. Representation matters, whether you agree or not, right? And so I think there's an impact for young black women out there who can see Jade and Bianca just put on a banger. And that's going to right, that's going to have... Uh, an impact on young black girls. If that like, th- make that the WrestleMania match, that's the biggest match you can make right now. 
But then I'm thinking Jade versus Rhea Ripley. That's still probably my least favorite matchup. I don't know if I really want to see that. But Jade versus Charlotte. Jade versus Raquel. Um, there's just so many potential matches that could be bangers. And everyone talks about, oh, Jade's, you know, the AEW excuse now is, oh, well, well, Jade's bad in the ring. No, she's not. No, she's not. Y'all were y'all were cheering for her when you had her, right? No, she's not. She's not that bad in the ring, man. I, I I don't know. Like watching her matches, if you if you produce them correctly, and you and you do them well enough, you can you can do a match that doesn't have to be a lot of different like high spots that would. Right, you have to be able to, to work with what you got. Does she need some training? Absolutely. I think a run in NXT would benefit her. And so that's where I would start her. Have have Becky beat Tiffany Stratton and no mercy this weekend. Next Tuesday, have have Jade Cargill come out and answer uh the open challenge or hell next Monday. Next Monday, Becky Lynch on Raw issues open challenge for the NXT Women's Championship. And Jade Cargill answers this open challenge and beats Becky Lynch on Monday Night Raw. It come, becomes NXT Women's Champion in a, in a similar way that they're using her to, with Dominic. Like you could you could become a... like she, I don't think she needs to start on the main roster, but let her have like a two, three-month run with this NXT Women's Championship and just build up her confidence because I think that's what she needs. She has a performance in it. We know why her wrestling was bad. You know why she looked so green? Because Tony Khan didn't have a performance center for her to train in and get comfortable in. She didn't work the indies. She didn't have to. So... I mean, she worked, what, 60 matches for you guys? That's all she's had, right? It's different when someone like Britt Baker who runs the indies or, you know, these girls that you bring in that work the indie scene and they, they get, you know, 60 to 100 matches a year outside of AEW. Jay Cargo wasn't going to do that. She's too big of a star. She's too big of a, a, a name, Right. And so, you, I think give her the NXT Women's title, let her run for two to three months and NXT, and then move her up to the main roster. And then, and then we can, you know, we can get her in Royal Rumble. I think, I think it's very easy to, to have her in, in the Royal Rumble and, you know, dominate, potentially win it. And go on and uh, go to, to WrestleMania in a big match. Whether it's Charlotte, whether it's Bianca, whether it's Rhea. They, I mean, I'm down with it. I'm down with it. Next big news that was announced in the last week is WWE's doing Elimination Chamber live from Perth, Australia. Um, it's going to be like a 3 a.m. start time Eastern time. So uh, actually, I think it's like 6. I think it's 6 a.m. Eastern time start. Um, I'll probably gonna, that, That's going to be the most uh, watch later that day premiere live event ever. 
but it's going to be a very good event. I already know it's going to be very well, very well uh, received. Australia has been clamoring for a big event like this. Um, and so um, here's uh, the rumors, though, is that The Rock is going to be on the card, that Endeavor, now that they're in charge, wants their first WrestleMania of them as owners to, to be like a big event. Um, and so look at what you could potentially have at this WrestleMania. You could have Rock, you can have Cena, you'll have Roman, potentially Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes. You know who else would make it a big name? CM Punk. That would make a big splash if he debuted at WrestleMania. Right? That would make, that would make a big splash in the industry. I think it's going to be a big event this year, WrestleMania in Philly. I think it's going to be a very, very, very big event. All right. And so we'll move forward. Uh, a newer segment. I don't know if I've done this before, but uh, we're going to do some fantasy booking here. The situation is I just I, Endeavor called me in, in Dream World and my imagination. They called me and said, hey, we're going to put you as head booker. We're tired of what Paul's doing. You get to come in, and, and, and in doing so, you're gonna. We vacated all the titles. You get to tell us who you want to be champions. Who would I make as champions? So we're gonna reset all of WWE's, and this is Raw and SmackDown only. So that's the World Heavyweight Championship, the Intercontinental, the Women's World, um, the Tag Team, uh, the Undisputed Universal, the Women, the WWE Women's, and then the United States. So first move, we're splitting the tag division. So there's four. Belts a show. All right, so let's go to Raw. Raw Tag Team Champions, Street Profits. Um, we'll move the roster around. We'll, we'll, we'll set, but Street Profits is Raw Tag Team Champions. Um, women's World Champion. I miss Bianca Belair's champion. I think I think we. Uh, I think it's time for her to have the belt again. I miss her as champion. I think it's time for her to to get back into this picture. I'm a little bit over Judgment Day and Rhea Ripley, I'm be completely honest, but I predicted this would happen. I predicted this would happen. The more that they expose Judgment Day to the crowd, the, the easier it is for people that will wish that they wouldn't be there. Now, I don't know if I'm the only one. I love Rhea Ripley. I love Dom. I don't, could care less about the other members. But the more you show them, the more exposed we get to them, the less I want to see them. It, like, like, Dom and Rhea should only be, like, they should be on the show, but they don't have to be on every show. Like, when you do three shows a week where we have Dominic Mysterio, it becomes too much, right? So Rhea's got to drop the belt. And I think Bianca's the perfect person to put it back on, right? Um, Intercontinental champion, you have to give it to Jey Uso. He's main event Jey Uso. You have to give him this run to see if he can potentially be world heavyweight champion. But Jey Uso is going to be our Intercontinental Champion. And then our World Heavyweight Champion is going to be Gunther. He's been the best wrestler in WWE, if not the world, over the last 365 days, uh, in my opinion. Um, Gunther is highly reliable. I think he's a, a star in the making. Um, and he, he, uh, he, be, he gets rewarded for what he did with the IC title as world heavyweight champion. We'll move to, to SmackDown. Roman's going to still be undisputed champion. We're not going to mess with that story. Uh, that would be the only story that I would tell 
Endeavor, hey, I'm not fucking with this. <laughs> um, but the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, y'all gonna hate me for this, but Grayson Waller and Austin Theory, SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Um, the United States Champion needs someone to give it some relevancy. Well, the easiest way to do that is to put it on LA Knight. Like they should have. This builds up someone where LA Knight can come out, open challenge every week, get some wins, get some credibility to the cha- uh, to the title. He's the top guy, top baby face on that side of the roster. And so I think you can definitely build um, something with that U.S. title if it's on L.A. Knight. Uh, the women, WWE Women's Champion, probably going to be a surprise that no one was thinking, but I'm putting it on Dakota Kai. Um, I'm so irritated that every time she gets on a roster somewhere and she gets going, two things happen. First thing, she gets put in a group whether it's with Tegan Knox, whether it's with Raquel, whether it's in damage control, she gets going and since she gets stuck in a group and then more, uh, then she gets hurt. Um, those, that, that's, that's her career. She gets going, she gets put in a group, she gets hurt. That's her career. Um, but Dakota Kai is one of my favorites. She's very good in the ring. I think she's good on the mic. She's attractive. She hits like there's four points I look for in a woman's wrestler. Can you talk? Can you wrestle? Are you attractive? And are you marketable? I think Dakota Kai is marketable. I think she, I, I really think she is. Um, I put it on Dakota Kai tomorrow if I could. So, so there, there, there we go. We reset the champions. Let me know what you guys would do um, with the championships. Uh, if you had the authority to change, who would you make champion? The champions. All right, let's get to these community questions that uh, Wavy D. Uh, Gave us um, the first two are pretty simple to talk about. The third one is going to take a while. Um, it's a really good question. Um, and then we'll get to our main thing and then we'll get up out of here. First one he asks is, is Dolph Ziggler AEW world champion material? And if so, will the elite let him be champion? Well, let's answer part B. Yes, the elite will let him be champion. Uh, his brother has been in uh, the Being the Elite YouTube series before. I'm pretty sure Dolph has been on their YouTube channel before. They're friends. I, I'm 100% certain they'll be fine with him being champion. The question we have to ask ourselves is, is Dolph Ziggler, does he, he's 42, 43 years old, does he want to continue to be champion or does or, or be a wrestler? Or would he is he going to transition to solely doing uh, – comedy which i think is what he should do um i mean 20 years wrestling is insane he did over six close to 1600 matches in wwe so i don't think he necessarily should go into AEW and and continue to wrestle um if anything maybe like part-time schedule with his brother i think that'll work um but i don't i don't think he necessarily has to be world champion but he definitely has that potential um, to become world champion if that's something they want it to do. <laughs> Second topic, are WWE entrance themes back on the rise? Some of the NXT guys have fire tunes. Also, the Usos have good songs. So first off, I agree. I think the NXT songs are good. Uso songs are pretty good as well. Um, I think it's a, they're a little lazy, but it, 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 they're good songs. Um, so the question is, are they on the rise? Now, I think they are. I think the difference is is that Def Rebel, who is WWE sort of like 
it's owned by WWE, so they're not outsourcing C- uh, CFOs. Um, just I just wasn't with it. They did a lot of like EDM style tracks, and I just wasn't I just wasn't with it. Um, I do think the entrance themes are on the rise. However, I will preface this by saying I don't really pay attention to the entrance music itself. Like for example, like Stone Cold, right? What what do we look for in Stone Cold song, right? The glass break. That's all I care. Like when you hear like glass break, right? But if you actually listen to the actual song, I don't think it's all that good. Um, Undertaker's actual song, outside of the gong, which gets the reaction, the song isn't necessarily anything special. Same with The Rock, right? Um, and so, I just I'm not the biggest fan of critiquing entrance music. The only thing I really look for when it comes to entrance is does it present them the way like so some people have a character where the music doesn't represent the character. And if it that's what I look for. Does it present you as someone credible and does it fit your gimmick? That's all I care about. So I think they are on the rise. I think, you know, being able to produce it in-house again without really having to outsource it to a, a third party like CFOs is a good thing for the, for them. I don't know if we'll ever get to Jim Johnston levels of, of quality fire entrance tracks, but I definitely think they're, they're getting back up there in, in terms of, of quality. Topic three is the tough one. Here's situation. He's put me in again. I'm, I'm fantasy booking a little bit um, with John Cena currently tied with Ric Flair in 16 world titles. Next closest is Randy at 14. Book a storyline slash program where Randy can get two more titles to tie Cena and then have Cena versus Orton for the 17th reign to beat the record, right? So essentially we're, we're getting who's going to beat the record, Randy or Cena, right? What a rivalry this has been in, during their career, right? I think it, it's top five uh, rivalries of all time, in my opinion. Um. So I think I think the 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 easy part is getting Orton to 16 title rings. What's going to be difficult though is Cena once that rider strikes done, he's he I don't know when he comes back. Right? So so time is not on our side here. However, we're going to make some assumptions. We're going to assume the rider strike is nowhere close to being over and we're going to assume no one gets hurt and and with that, with Randy's situation is his injury situation is he just had, I think, another fusion surgery a couple months ago. Um, and that's what he's sort of recovering from. And just a, a whole bunch of, of, of stuff going on with Randy, his age, his health. Um, so we, we do got to do this quickly. I don't think this this can't take like five years. This has to be like a year max. So I'd start this. I would start this at Royal Rumble 2024. Randy Orton returns at the Rumble and wins the Royal Rumble. Goes to, again, his opponent doesn't matter. He wins at WrestleMania. There's world title 15. He becomes world heavyweight champion, defeating whether it's Priest, Nakamura, Rollins, doesn't really necessarily matter who it is, right? There's title 50. He holds that till the first Saudi show, which, it was Clash of the uh, or Clash of the Champions last year. Um, whatever, uh, maybe they keep that name if not. But he drops it at Saudi then. 
He then disappears for a month or so. Uh, gets put in the Money in the Bank match. Wins Money in the Bank. Holt, he disappears again. Uh, cashes in at SummerSlam. There we go. Now he's at 16. That's the easy part. That takes six months. And he really only has to show up for like three months. Right? Um, you then have him I have him drop it again at Crown Jewel. There's something about some Saudi shows. We just have, have him lose, right? He loses the title at the Saudi show. At Survivor Series, you have Randy Orton sort of just upset that he lost the title. Uh, he's he, he, he's a 16-time champion, so now he's like sensing this record, and he goes back into 09 Legend Killer, and Ric Flair's there. And he goes to Rick and he says, I'm about to basically cuts a promo on Rick and says, I'm going to beat your record. And in doing so, attacks Ric Flair, punts Ric Flair, puts him in the hospital. Right? I mean, I'm talking like 09 legend killer Randy Orton. Like savage Randy Orton, right? Um, that's that Survivor Series of next year, right? So but we're, we're talking a year from now, right? We, December has nothing going on. We get to Royal Rumble the next, and we get to Royal Rumble 2025. So now we're a year later from when, when we started this thing. We get to Royal Rumble 2025. Um, whoever champion is at the time is in a match. Uh, they finish, they go backstage. Randy Orton attacks the champion. He puts him in the hospital. Then doesn't matter who it is. Title gets vacated. That's that's the, the hardest part is how do you vacate this title to her seat, right? And then how do we introduce Cena into this? Um, Cena can come back and and the, the story could just be he he wants to be the one to break the record. He feels threatened by Randy. Now the question is, is how do you put them together? Well, this is easy. Elimination Chamber announced that for the first time ever, there's going to be three Elimination Chamber matches. One, of course, for the women, and then we're going to do two men's Elimination Chamber matches. And I think it's for the first time ever. I actually don't know. But the winner of each of the men's Elimination Chamber match will be headlining WrestleMania for the, the now vacant Championship. And obviously you have Cena and Orton win those. Um, and then the month storyline is just right. Now, the question is, is when you get to WrestleMania 41 in Minnesota, who do you have win the title? Because I would add a stipulation. Loser has to retire. Loser cannot wrestle anymore. It would be easy to put it on Randy and tell Cena to sort of go back to Hollywood and, and, and go do your do your thing but i don't know if, if if the company would do that but i think it's time for randy to retire i really do i mean he's what he's gonna be going on pretty close to what 25 30 years of wrestling at the at this point i don't remember when he debuted but we're talking probably close to about 25 years at this point uh of him wrestling right um so I'd have Randy lose. I'd have Cena break the record, and I'd have 
Randy lose? First off, this would be a, 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 a no no rules match, right? Falls count anywhere, right? You got legend killer Randy Orton trying to kill John Cena, but then Ric Flair attacks him. And Ric Flair attacks Orton, helps Cena win the title, and basically says, if anyone's going to break my record, it's going to be someone I respect and who has earned it and not someone who has only used right and i would i would i would sort of use this mania match to sort of highlight the the entire rivalry like i said it's been a probably a top 5 rivalry of all time but i would bring back people in randy orton's career that he he used and 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 and, and paint the picture that he's just sort of a narcissist to whatever any way possible to win. And so have Cody Rhodes attack him because of legacy. And I would say bring DiBiase back, but dude's in jail. So we can't do that. Ric Flair, Batista with evolution. Have Triple H come out and attack Orton. Just have, throw the gauntlet at Orton because it, he's, he's getting paid back for everyone that he's stepped on and used in his career. And none of this was Cena's idea. It's just... Rick, it's Ric Flair's idea, right? And if Flair is going to lose the record, I want Flair involved in some way if he's going to lose the record, right? So that's how I would, that's how I would do it. It would, it's, it's just over a year long story. Um, Or it only really has to be used maybe four or five times in the the, the program. And And I think it's pretty simple, right? Um, to, to do that, you sometimes you just got to keep things simple. Um, but I want to know, I'm going to ask the same question to you guys How would you book Randy or Cena getting to 17? How would you do that? All right, so we're going to get to this last topic, dear IWC. There, there comes a time where every now and then I have to speak to the marks online, the, the, the hardcore fans. So the first thing I want to talk to y'all about is is this idea of or is what happened to John Moxley last Wednesday night, where he got dropped on his head and left concussed twice, and the irresponsibility of that referee Rick Knox, right? Now you can sit here and try to justify it all forty ways till Tuesday. Uh, to your blue in the face, I, you can try to justify it. I'm not going to listen to it. That, that that should not have happened. That's completely irresponsible to do what happened. Because in the match, it's not going to end anything. If he got concussed 10 seconds into the match, in the match for his safety, come on, dude. Like, it's not that hard. Do your job. But this idea that like in, we should we should we need to accept injuries because the wrestlers assume this assumption of risk. That's that's idiotic. That's stupid. But the bigger thing I want to talk about is something that has sort of come out of this is anytime AEW gets critiqued, their fanboys in the media get, go crazy and they send out like this bot army. I don't want to say they're bots. I think they're actual people. They send out this army of people, and anyone who critiques AEW gets like flagged on a list, and and 
and the potential like doxing. Like there were, there were pages that got doxed where they received emails with like, we know here's a picture of your wife. Here's a picture of your kids. Here's the, here's the address of your kid's school. Like creepy ass shit. Like y'all ain't gotta do this. This is fucking wrestling. We ain't got time. Like, like y'all, y'all can like get out of mama's basement for a minute. Over wrestling because I don't like your show. You're you're gonna because someone critiques your product or your show. You're going to think it's okay to dox them. And Tony Khan likes to speak out about everything else, but he never speaks out against his fans potentially causing a harm to people. It's insane. It, and it's not needed. But the other thing that y'all like to do is y'all like to start rumors that have absolutely no credibility behind this. I So there's a rumor going out now that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon have have separated and they're, they're looking for divorce. If it's true or not, why do we care? You know, like, oh, if you watch WrestleMania, Stephanie didn't have her wedding band on. Who cares? Like, why do you care so much? Who pays attention to these details? I will say, if Stephanie's single again, I'm available. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm kidding. But um, but not really. <laughs> um, I, just, I just don't understand the mindset of some of these people in the IWC who, who want to start rumors and try to dox people. And it's toxic, right? It's, this is the fan base that is toxic. It's not the casual fans. You just want to try to enjoy wrestling for being wrestling and, and want to enjoy a good and enjoy a good story. And when we don't like it, we call it out. Y'all go to movies and talk shit about movies, right? If I go to a movie and it's bad, I'm going to review it and say it's bad. If I watch bad wrestling, I'm going to say it's bad wrestling. That's just, that, that, that that's what happens. And so I'm, I'm, I'm tired and I, I'm it's, it's this reason why a lot of people don't like the wrestling community. And, and I'm sure it happens in every community, but it shouldn't. There's no reason for it. We don't need to dock somebody because they don't like your favorite TV show. It's insane to me. So, dear IWC, dear CW, dear wrestling fans, we all got to do better. We all got to do better, right? You don't have to like the product. And you can openly say, I don't like the product. That's fine. But if, but, but if you don't like it, or but if you don't like what other people say, if you like the product, if you're a WWE fan and you get upset because someone says they don't like it, just leave it at that. If you're an AEW fan and I say I don't like AEW, don't get so upset and try to threaten people. Like It's, it's not needed. Just move on with your day. Some people just really need to step out of mom's basement Walk outside, touch the grass, breathe in the fresh air, actually talk to actual human beings face to face, and then walk back inside and, and, and then you can go back to normal. Maybe you'll have a change of, of seeing you. If you go outside, you, you'll like it out there. The, the, it, the air is nice. It, it, it's, it's, better to, it's better than being locked up in that basement all day. I just, and I make these jokes just as, as jokes, but like a, part of me is being serious. Like, some of these people just have nothing else to do in their life but to watch wrestling and, and try to try to intimidate people to stop critiquing a TV show. That's insane. 
And then for, for people to go out and like report these accounts and get them banned over wrestling, like it's not needed. It's it, like, it's, it's toxic. That's the, to- that's the toxicity in the, in the business, in the industry, in the fan base that no one wants to talk about. That's what's toxic. I'm not toxic. People who critique the product aren't toxic. The toxicity is the people who see the critiques and then get upset because I'm talking bad about your show and try to get me reported. Like it's just not needed. It's just not needed. Um, so everyone who who's listening, let me know what y'all think. Uh, leave your comments, uh, follow, uh, all that fun jazz. Um, and of course join the discord and, um, let me know what y'all think about this episode until then I will see you uh, next week. Brother, I'm going on a wild hog holding. If I like get some moment, I'll make sure it's an explosion. Cause lately I've been seeing stars trying to kick out on his chore But it's no hose.